Coming up next, Bookin' It finishes their discussion on the Bronze Bow. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Booking It. I am your humble and eloquent host, Cooper Cobbs. We're talking about Bronze Bow, and over there we've got Isaiah Reske. How you doing, Isaiah? Hello. I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Nice. All right, and there we've got... Um, I'm doing fine, Isaiah. Thank you so much for asking. Um, Tanner. Tanner Lewis. How you doing? Yes, here? I'm doing great, and I'm back for the second episode. Oh, yes, you're back. That's right. Two episodes in a row. It's, this is great. Um... And of course, the much esteemed, the wise, the beneficial, the muscular, all of those attributes, Matthew Killingsworth. Howdy do, folks. <laughs> How come me and Tanner didn't get anything like that? Okay, okay, I'll, you can edit this in then. The uh, most you, giant uh, of, of money. <laughs> the, ed- <laughs> the editor of awesomeness. <laughs> editor of awesomeness. <laughs> We should get Isaiah a sign that says that editor of awesomeness. That was great. Yeah. And then Tanner here, you can, you can be, uh, the guy with the microphone who talks very wisely, who says what and, we uh, say in different wording, is, has piles of money just lying around, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'll introduce. Tanner, show us I want to see the. I want to see the phone stash. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> all of the cash just appears on my bookshelf, too, if you didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to this bookshelf. This is some really good banner, but I think like the best banner we've ever had was Call of the Wild Part 2. That was when Matthew had his cowboy boots and Tanner had a cowboy hat, but not really. Then Matthew drank barbecue sauce on live on the show. Yeah. <laughs> the episode was pretty oh, bad, yeah. but I remember the banter being like exceptionally good. I... I remember the intro being exceptionally yes. good as well. Coming up like, next, book and it reads, Call the Wild. How <laughs> woo! That was great. Yes. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, no, you, you go, ha, huh? and then you, you stop go, for like huh? five seconds, and then you go, woo! No, 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 he goes, ha, <laughs> Yes, oh it, man, I have tears in my eyes. Yeah, we'll go back and listen <laughs> to it, it's tears in my eyes, no joke. Okay. <laughs> so, let's get into it. So... Last week, we neglected to do the book in 30 seconds, which How Matthew claims to have full knowledge of. So, Matthew, he said he was practicing it. So, Matthew, why don't you go do the book in 30 seconds for us? All right. The book in 30 seconds on the bronze bow, Elizabeth Three, George Spear. Three, two, one, go. So once there's this dude and his sister and his grandma, they were jamming. His name was Daniel Bar Jamming. And he lived in um, back in the olden Bible days. Then he decided one day to ditch his grandma and his sister, went up to a cave, lived with some guys who hated the Romans, tried to kill all the Romans. But then his grandma died, so he had to go back and take care of his sister. And then he met this guy named Jesus. Jesus taught him a lot of good stuff. And then he met some other friends, fell in love with a girl, and then Jesus saved his sister from a demon. Dang, 25, 25 seconds. seconds. Nice. Nice. Was, that was great. How, how long did it take you to come up with the jamming thing? <laughs> I actually just came up I with that today. I refuse to believe I that. that. Refuse. Okay. No, I totally agree with that. <laughs> so at the end of the last episode, we were talking about whether um, Jan Daniel's sister, uh, Leah, actually had demons. And you guys were all of the mind of that she actually did. So this mm-hmm. time, I'm going to be I'm trying yeah. to present a defense 
um, uh, that she actually did not have demons, and we can kind of respond to that. Let's only touch on this. <laughs> See, last episode he said he didn't want this to get heated. Now he wants oh, it to get okay. heated. Let me just do a brief thing, and then I'll let you guys respond, then we'll move on. Okay. So I think that she, she didn't actually have demons. Like Matthew said, I think he mentioned it in the other episode. People back then readily accept the fact that they were demons and angels, kind of like we do, but not a cultural thing anymore. So I think that they use this term a little more loosely, and we even still do as Christians today. Like we say, oh, he's facing his demons, or like in a movie, they're, oh, they're, he's fighting his own demons, or something like that. We don't actually mean they have actual demons. We do mean they have struggles, and the demon is like the metaphor for them, which is I kind of what I kind of think that she, uh, Leah did for a couple of reasons. The uh, first of which, um, the demon didn't exactly control or didn't possess. She, you said she was demon possessed. Well, the demon didn't exactly possess her. It, um, it, it prevented her from doing a lot of stuff. But she was, uh, most of the time, you know, uh, in her in her right mind. If she was not well in her right mind. Um, and she also responded well to Jesus. A lot of the times when Jesus was in front of a demon, he would like throw himself down or the demon would do something wild. But they, uh, Leah loved hearing about Jesus. In fact, it made her even better, which I think that uh, the demon would not have done. So those are my reasons. I have two things to respond to that. Number one, I, I'm completely open to that uh, idea. I think that's, that could definitely possibly be uh, what, what was true. Um but then the second thing I wanted to say is that I don't think that's really the point. Like, it's a fun little argument to have, but I think the point is just that either way, whichever one of those it was, if it was actual demons that were in her or it was just, like, problems she was facing or it was demons causing problems she was facing, which could also be an argument, I think any any of those options, it could have, or I mean, not could have, any of those options, it was Jesus who saved her from whatever she was going through. And he can save anyone from whatever they're going through. So I think that's the point of the story. Um, and I think that's yeah, what it's that. supposed to be focused on. Sure. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Samson. So um, for sure, we've, we kind of, again, neglected the word of the episode to mention it last time. So Samson is like this big dude that Daniel and his band of outlaws that you worked with uh, kind of captured. And Samson kind of becomes... I guess, indebted to Daniel because he, like, removed his chains or whatever. And so um, Samson just kind of follows Daniel around everywhere. So I wanted to get your thoughts on, like, what is the purpose of Samson? Why is he there? And just kind of your thoughts on Samson. I mean, I instantly thought of him as basically just, like, the body, like, a bodyguard guy. Basically, like, <laughs> bodyguard even, guy. like, even before he was following him around or anything, whenever you first meet him, like, dude, that guy would make a perfect bodyguard. Like, that's what I imagined him as, like, a big dude. Big, strong dude and, you know, wearing a suit and sunglasses and all that. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but then whenever he started he following... Wasn't wearing like that. a Lilo and Stitch <laughs> bubbles. And then whenever he started following him around, though, that's basically whenever he... He basically was his bodyguard. Like, he was indebted to him and he followed him around and all that. And he was there to, like, protect him or help him with whatever. I don't know if I would say indebted, though. It was just... I mean, you can say that, but it was more just, like, appreciated and respected him so much that he was willing to do it yeah for gratefulness was grateful for what uh, daniel had already true, done true. for him so tanner what do you think of him as like a plot device i guess in the story like how was he used did you like that kind of thing i don't know it kind of gave a because daniel never really had like a personal connection with anyone until daniel i mean until samson came around Right, Daniel never really identified with anyone other than Roche, but Roche wasn't really Rosh. Rosh wasn't really uh 
um, uh, like he didn't have any, uh, oh, it sounds weird to say this, like emotional attachment. Like he didn't like love Roche as a person. He loved what Roche stand, stood for, but he was uh, not really emotionally attached to anyone other than um, Samson for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I love how much problems we're having with pronunciation yeah. Yeah. these characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Rosh. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I don't know. We have to argue yeah. about it. Um, potato, but, um, potato. I liked Samson, especially at the end. Uh, I guess we can kind of talk about it now. The One of the end scenes where uh, Daniel and his kind of group of guys who are against the Romans are like fighting. Um, are like fighting the Romans um, because they're trying to get Samson. Or no, trying to get Joel back because Joel was captured by the Romans. And then Samson like defends. Um, he defends them and in the process is killed. And Daniel is like, why? Why? You know? And then this leads up to probably, I think, my favorite scene. And Matthew said the end scene was his. But where uh, Daniel goes and has a one-on-one conversation with Jesus. And he's like, I'm going to avenge Samson. I'm going to avenge Samson. And then he's like, Jesus said, he provides you like with the most selfless thing possible. Like He died for you. Can you avenge that with blood? And I thought that was just incredible. Bodyguard. Um, and also that Jesus seemed to find another interesting thing. Like, you know, in the Bible it says a man w- with with wealth, is it's harder for him to enter the kingdom of heaven than a camel through the eye of a needle. And then Jesus is like, yeah. you know, Daniel says, I would give up everything to follow you just to take down the Romans. And he says, no, 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 you don't need to give away everything you have in terms of possessions. You need to give, you need to give up your hate, which I thought was, I mean, another great thing. Powerful. What did you guys think about yeah. that? Yeah, it's, yeah, Jesus is perfect. We've never been able to say that about a character in a book before, yeah. but Jesus is perfect. Man, I'm just thinking just... We're, we're just like all staring off at the wall, <laughs> just like thinking yeah. about it. Because Daniel comes in there and he's like, I've sworn an oath, though. I've sworn an oath for God's victory. Yeah. And Jesus goes, that's not an oath of hate. Yeah, it's like, give it all up. Give all your hate. Give all your burdens. Give all your commitments. Just like, let me take care of it. So what he's constantly saying in the Bible, and you hear this in pretty much most sermons, is just like, like let Jesus take mm-hmm. it all, and that's that's how you're saved. You can't let him take part of it. You can't let him take some things. You can't just follow him, but like everyone's following him for different reasons and stuff like that. You have to, you have to let him take yes, it all. You have to give up everything that you have, and sometimes that's not just your possessions. You have to give up, you have to give up your sins. You uh-huh. have to give up, you know, your hatred, and that's just. Something that I thought was, you know, really well presented. Like, you know, a lot of the Jews were in poverty, but they wanted to take down the Romans. They hated the Romans. And so Jesus says, love your enemy. And that, I mean, I think today we think more of the, you know, the rich young man than of the, uh, the love your enemy sometimes, I think. Because, you know, right. I guess in our generation in America, I mean, we all are, we have more money than any other generation in the world ever. You know, and sometimes... We come attached to that, but then, you know, back then they didn't have a lot of possessions. They would readily give up anything they had just for freedom, for, um, you know, for the death of the Romans. And then he just says, actually, you have to give up that. You have to love your enemy, and that is how you get the kingdom of heaven. To love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, um, and accept me as your savior. Yeah. So, like Daniel's sin was not um, it 
like having too much and like loathing and envying for more. He was not like just greedy and wanting more and more and more and more, which is tend, which is our American tendency in this generation. Generation now, we just want more money. We just want to keep accumulating and accumulating and accumulating, like the rich young ruler. Now that wasn't their problem back then. Their problem was uh, like not saying that it isn't a problem today. It just was more a larger tendency back then. They would easily give up everything. They like Pharisees, they'd come in and they'd put like loads and loads of cash down and uh, into the temple and everything. But they always, uh, they never really had an attachment to all of that stuff. They had an attachment to what people thought of them, um, uh, their thoughts about others, like Daniel. Daniel's prob- Daniel's sin problem was hate. He hated the Romans. His problem was not greed and wanting more and more and more and not caring about relationships with people because of that greed. He was His problem was the fact that he hated the Romans and uh, that he couldn't love them. And uh, I guess that's what impacted me the most about what Jesus said to him. Cause he's, yeah. Because Jesus says to the rich young ruler, lay down everything you have because uh, you say that you're perfect, but you have not given up everything you had. His problem was greed. Daniel's problem is not that he would, I just want to lay everything down. Like, just let me lay everything down and uh, come and fight with you against the Romans. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. You've got to give up that hate. Not the possessions, the hate. Mm -hmm. So everything, we all have our sin problems. And uh, that's why we can't exchange our sin problem of hate for giving things up. Or the rich young ruler for being perfect. Right. And I saw a lot in in this book of Jesus teaching people how to be satisfied. Because all sin, with all sin, there is dissatisfaction. Because all sin is being apart from God. And there's always going to be that hole in our heart that we can't fill without God in it. um, You know, to, to make us perfect. And so... Um, with sin and without, you know, having Jesus in your heart, you're never going to be satisfied. And once, um, Jesus finally got to them, then they found true satisfaction in him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Isaiah, um, oh, editor of awesomeness, your thoughts. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I just think like this, the whole theme of the book or not like the whole thing, but one of the main parts of the book was like what Tanner was saying about how, like, it doesn't matter what you have in the world or whatever, like for him. And in this book, it was to like set aside your hate, your anger, like that. Um, and it just reminds me of like, well, like you were saying, Cooper. I think in the first episode, like uh, it, Jesus was like, or saying like to love your enemies, and it's also saying I can't remember how this first went, but it's like if you cannot, if you choose to hate your brother or whatever like that, what more will Jesus do to you or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like that's what that reminded me of, and that was just like a very key section to the book and like yeah it was a very important part and yeah yeah the, the way to gain anything that matters is to give up everything that doesn't why whoa yes i did whoa. just make that up. Sure? <laughs> looks like everything you, you sure? said at the beginning about matthew is correct cooper yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um let's talk a little bit about daniel's sister and then her relationship with the roman sh- roman soldier 
Um, so obviously Leah um, is kind of, I guess, like we said, filled with demons, whether real or um, uh, metaphorical. She was, she had some problems. We'll say that. And um, a lot of the stuff that made her like come out of her shell was the Roman soldier Marcus, who like actually loved her and like gave her gifts and stuff like that. Um, and then yeah. Daniel, when he finds this out, is like enraged. Um, and then he like throws the fruit that Marcus had given her like against the wall, and then he like scaresly and almost it makes her die. What do you guys think about that? He's just blinded yeah. by hate. He can't. He he doesn't want to see the Romans do anything good because then he'll feel guilty mm-hmm. about hating them because he's already. I mean, anyone can think of this obviously on a lesser scale. Uh, something in your life that you've like something has happened to you and you felt like you got something from that. Like you, it was an excuse to hate something or someone or something like that. And, um, but then when something, you know, they do something nice again, then you're like, dang it. Now I can't, you know, now I can't have the same feelings towards them as I did. I don't know. I think it was kind of like that. And also he just didn't really want to see them do anything good because he just thought of them as such terrible monsters when not necessarily all of them were. Right. Tenerize. I mean, I guess I think it was just like Matthew saying like he was blinded by his hate or whatever, but like I think how he started like hating it is he only saw the bad side or only like Matthew also said, like chose to see the bad side of the Romans. Like he didn't care if they did anything good, he just ignored it, didn't look at it, whatever. Um, just because he only wanted to hate them. And I mean, I think that ended up like well, not I think. It definitely ended up hurting him and his sister a little bit with that. Because, like, if he would have just chosen to see, like, that uh, Marcus is actually doing, like, a good thing and all that, and not all of them were bad, then, I don't know, it would have ended up a lot different, I guess. Right. And then also during this time where he's kind of having fights with Rosh over this, he's like, um, Rosh wanted to do stuff, and he's like, no. And I think after the final, like, battle scene... He's like, is this worth it? Is this really worth it? We've lost Samson. We've lost Nathan. Is this really worth it? Is hate really the option that he has his talk with Jesus? And he's not so certain. And then, you know, Leah is just dying, you know, and his only option is Jesus, really. Anybody's going to say anything on that? <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> yeah okay so at the end you know jesus comes in and he heals leah and then daniel asked marcus into his house because marcus had asked to see her and daniel like flat out refused and it's angry um so at the end daniel kind of gave up his hate huh yep he finally chose to see the good in them and not just all the evil or bad or whatever yeah he kind of gave up his gave up his hate finally just to kind of like you said you know see the goodness um but also you know just you know i guess accepting jesus as you know the true savior like in order to get jesus had to let go of his hate yeah jesus taught him that he can't fill his dissatisfaction or the hole in his heart with hate or anger or um, disliking of the Romans, or even even if he did defeat all the Romans in the whole world and had freed Israel, 
then he still wouldn't be satisfied. And Jesus finally taught him that. Right. So he finally realized that there's no point in hating them any longer because he was already satisfied in Jesus. And it, as long as he had Jesus, any situation he was in on this world was uh, going to be a lot better. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's kind of like what Jesus said, like your oath for God's victory. It wasn't an oath of hate. Just like kind of Tanner, what's, I think Tanner said in the last episode, like you just need to be pointed in the right direction, you know? So Jesus kind of finally did that at the end there. Yeah, his he was just hating the wrong thing. He was hating the Romans. He wasn't hating the sin um, that um, the Romans were, not really that even the Romans were committing. Like most of those sh- soldiers didn't even want to be there. They were drafted, like Marcus. But um, uh, he was not hating the right thing. He wasn't hating the sin that um, uh, was burdened with the world. He was hating the people. Don't hate the people. Hate the sin. You, that's something that my mom says, but, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I say that to you. <laughs> yeah. His hate was wrong, but it was wrong because he was hating the people, not the sin that was influencing the people. He was hating the people because of uh, the sin that they had, but he was pointing the, but he was pointing the people directly to the sin. He was assuming that all of the sin was, uh, um, uh, that they were inherently bad because they were sinners. And that is absolutely true. But he was still pointing all of his uh, um, hatred at them, not at the sin. He wasn't even caring really about the sin. He was caring about the people that were doing the sin. Like when he shoved Marcus um, out of his house and threw the um, uh, fruit at him, he was hating the person, not the sin that... Um, was uh, influencing the person and influencing Daniel. Uh, I want to bring this up real quick, though. The Bible does say to love your enemies, and so does that mean that you are supposed to hate sin? Because, like, oh, sin well, okay, is caused okay, by okay, Satan, okay, who is gosh, our enemy. What the heck? Yeah, no, you're supposed to hate sin. Like, you're supposed to hate evil, right? Like Tanner said, hate the sin, love the sinner, right? So, love your enemy, but hate the sin they're committing, right? Yes. So, I, I mean, but, like, yeah, but Satan is sin. He is evil. So, I think it's, yeah, okay to hate Satan. Yeah, here's what, here's asking. what you can think. Here's what you can think about this for Matthew. This is one of my favorite analogies ever for, when it comes to sin and God. So, think about this. You just have uh, this uh, perfect um, uh, square, and that square is everything. It is perfect. There is no flaw with this square. Cut a hole out of that square and take it out. Now you have this emptiness in the square. That's sin. Sin is the absence of God. It is not the opposite of God. It is the absence of God, which is why you are allowed to, not even allowed to, you are supposed to hate sin because it's the because it is the absence of everything good and everything perfect and everything righteous. Well, yeah, and if, like, um, God is perfect and um, sin isn't, it's, like, sin right, is it's basically the God, opposite yeah. of perfect is complete. Like, opposite of it's, like, corrupt and all that, then if you don't hate it, then, yeah. like, would you be okay doing it sometimes if you don't hate it? Like, you have to hate it to not be, like, not be okay doing it or whatever, like, um... Sorry, it doesn't really make sense, but, like, if you hate it, you'll try your best not to ever do it. 
But if you don't hate it, you just think, oh, it's like not okay to do, but it's not like the worst or anything. You might end up doing it more than you should or not like you shouldn't do it at all, but like mm-hmm. more than you would if you actually hated it and never right. wanted to do it. So let's kind of, I guess, summarize our thoughts and give our final thoughts on the bronze bow. Who wants to go first? Just I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, I think Bronze Bow is obviously a great book, a great novel way to kind of show what loving your enemy actually looks like and letting go of your hate looks like, and just realizing that you have to lay everything before Jesus and in order to commit to Him, and uh, just a very emotional book and um, just a really a masterpiece of again show what show what it looks like to love your neighbors. Is kind of what I think. Go ahead, Isaiah. Um, I mean, it was a really good book. Uh, like I said before, I thought it was a really good way to like explain more about and like preach the gospel again, but through someone else's eyes, like another perspective. Um, and it was just a really good book, like to show Daniel, like, or like, I really liked how it like showed Daniel's change. He went from like completely hating the enemy, wanting to kill them all, fight them, destroy them to going to talk to Jesus and learning from him. And then starting to end up realizing that he was wrong in hating the enemy. He should hate the, like we just said, the sin, um, not the sinner. Um, and that some of the enemy, like uh, the Romans, weren't even, didn't even want to be there. They were drafted. They were forced to do what they did. Um, and it's just like a really cool story. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just showing all that. Tanner, um, Tanner and Matthew? Yeah, I I really loved this book. Like as I was saying in the last episode when I was um giving my opening thoughts. I love this episode. I mean, this book said almost said episode again. That was going to be embarrassing. Um I love this book because it really gave me the view of what it was like in, inside um the Bible like looking around in someone else's shoes of uh, what it was like because you never really think about in the bible how truly um bad the roman rule was you're usually just focusing on jesus which is not in which is not bad at all but it was very interesting to see a another dynamic another view of uh, the um uh, of what the romans were like and I really love that Spear was able to use that um, book and to use this to truly just, I think the point of this book was to reach others with the good news of Christ, like lay down your hate, lay down all of your burdens, um, cast it all down and to go and follow him, which is exactly what Daniel did. And I'm really grateful to Spear for um, using the talents that God has given her um, in her writing to um, share the love of Christ. Nice. All right, Matthew, real fast. We'll do some donor shout-outs. Right. I liked it. Uh, I liked all the same things that y'all were saying, but um, I liked it how it showed Jesus um, in his, uh, how do you say this, personalness, uh, how personal he was to every single person. And he didn't just care about, like, he didn't just, like, send a flyer to every single person in the world. He, like, went, walked around, walked into people's houses, personally fixed their personal problems. And um, obviously you see way more of that in the Bible. But I loved uh, just seeing Elizabeth George Spears' imagination of that and um, her story about Daniel Barjamin and 
his family and how Jesus uh, really saved them. And I'm also really glad um, that we got to talk about this on the pod because uh, like we are a Christian podcast and we don't always like talk about God like a ton in our episodes, um, almost not as much as we would like, but this one really opened it up and really made it easy um, and it had a lot of stuff that was very clear. So I'm glad we got to talk about that. Sure. All right, now time for some donor shout-outs. Mm-hmm. All right, Tanner, Let's what would go. someone do if they wanted a donor shout-out on our podcast? Um, they would go to patreon.com forward slash booking it and give any of our five tiers. We have five, right? Just $5 or more. $5 or, $5 or higher tiers. tiers. See, right, guys, this easy, is how much I know. the link in the description below. All right. Okay. Very easy. Last last week's uh, <laughs> shtick wasn't very good. So, um, yeah, it was a little. It was a little different. So, <laughs> Don't hate us for that. Uh, <laughs> it's Cooper's idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, let's see if we have enough characters in the book. We'll see if we have enough characters. Okay. No, we're not doing that. Okay. Okay. Dude, Hold on, we can be creative. Like random. I'm gonna say the donor. You guys say what fruit you think they most represent? Okay. No, we're not doing that. No, I've got one. I got one. I got okay, one. I got okay, one. Okay, Isaiah. Yes, Isaiah. let's do it. I want to do that. Yes, let's do it. Hold on, yes, it's terrible. You want to do it? Okay. So Isaiah, Isaiah, Nana, Nana, you will be a peach. Uh, nah, she loves peaches. All right. Uh, my grandparents, grandpappy, and Wayla, Matthew, so dragon fruits. Ooh, <laughs> nice, nice. All right, Tanner, Isaiah's grandparents. Pineapple. Mm, nice. All right, Isaiah. Isaiah just has to say mm, after every single one. Wait, what, who do I get? <laughs> uh, your parents, Mr. Mike and um, I'll give them bananas. Bananas, nice. All right, Matthew, Isaiah's Uncle Sebi. Isaiah's Uncle Sebi. I don't know why we always repeat them after. <laughs> uh, papaya. Ooh. I think the only one does that. All right. Nice. Why do you say ooh or um after every single one they say? <laughs> Isaiah's Aunt Jenny and Uncle Sam. Uh, oranges. Mm-hmm. Isaiah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isaiah, your cousins. Yeah, I'm trying to do donor shout-outs here. Isaiah, your cousins, Moses and Zara. Give them raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> you did it too early, Matthew. Too early. Too early. All right, Matthew, get your act together. Uh, Chris. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Mm. Chris Hagedon. Strawberries. Ooh, what a really hot last name. All right. Now, make sure you check out his podcast, Like Lightning. All right. Thank you so much for donating. Make sure you click on the link in the description that Isaiah said. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to be posting Do it. some sound bites from this episode um, over the next couple weeks. Which, if you listen to this episode, you don't really need to listen to the sound <laughs> bites. <laughs> but I think but it's fun to go back. The sound bites, and aren't they only going to be on YouTube? <laughs> Yeah, they're only going to be on YouTube, so yeah. make sure you subscribe. And check out our other podcast, The Screening, where we talk about movies. Um, and Yeah, yeah, do it. And enough with the advertisements. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, right. One more thing. Make sure you rate and review us and tell your yeah. friends. Ah, uh, I said enough. And until next time. Nobody likes to listen to that. Like- Keep on booking it.